0: A podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. In this podcast, ELN reporter Dimitris Mavrokathilidis speaks with experts from Energy Saving Trust, National Energy Action, Energy and Utilities Alliance, and Fuel Poverty Action about the rising numbers of fuel-poor homes in the UK. With millions of households across the UK already facing desperate decisions, ELN discusses potential measures that could mitigate the impact of fuel poverty, the so-called new pandemic.
1: Millions of Britons are facing rising energy bills and a very long cold winter. This week, the boss of Octopus Energy warned customers that the new price cap will mean an extra £60 a month for everyone from April. Is the energy crisis accelerating fuel poverty? ELN has spoken to experts about the parameters and the possible solutions for this crisis. With the long winter still ahead, sadly, more and more people are having to choose between eating or heating. They could be six million fuel poor households by April when the new price cap comes into force, says Stu Horn, head of policy at Energy Saving Trust. He emphasized the need to accelerate energy efficiency measures to protect customers from rising energy prices. As he says, England has not great track record of improving the energy efficiency of homes. So um,
2: I think at the moment about, the estimates are there are about 4 million households in fuel poverty in the UK at the moment. The factors that drive that, I suppose there's there's quite a lot of factors short-term and long-term. Short-term energy costs have gone up they went up, the price, the energy price cap went up in October to about uh, £1,400 for for a typical household. Um, and that's a significant increase. And we're starting to hear stories about the impacts on people that are happening because of that price rise. And that comes at a time where there's a gen, there's general pressure on household bills because of rises in cost of living and so you know th- there are people with their incomes being squeezed across the board so these fuel price rises are, are further exacerbating that um, but what we're also going to see is we're going to see an, another price rise coming in April this year when the price caps are reassessed um, and analysts say that that could be up to £2,000 a year for a typical household that's a £600 rise uh, in costs for households that are already struggling to afford their their energy bills. So I don't think we should underestimate how much of a significant impact that will have. So short-term, these price rises, which are themselves fueled by big increases in costs on uh, wholesale gas markets. So that's being driven by global prices um, in fossil fuels. Actually long-term, one of the main issues that we have some of the worst housing stock in Europe. So our houses are old, they're drafty, they're, they're badly insulated. And what we really need to do is to improve the fabric of our of, of our homes. That does two things. One, it long term locks in lower bills for people. Um, so, as an example, when these April price rises kick in, the difference between a home that's D-rated, typical home that's D-rated uh, EPC, to a home that's C-rated is five hundred and eleven pounds. Um, so, it's a huge amount of uh, extra cost that's being put on houses that are, are poorly insulated. Over recent years, we haven't had national level, especially in England, we haven't got great track record of um, improving the energy efficiency of homes. And so over the coming years, we've really got to both for lowering costs, but also for decarbonising our energy use. And there's a win-win here if we can retrofit homes, get them to be energy efficient, make sure people are warmer, um, can heat their home to a safe level and also have lower bills.
1: I'm not really sure if you have uh, checked uh, reports uh, that uh, claim that probably this year we are going to have uh, two rises in the energy bills, two changes in the price cap. Uh, which do you think will be the impact for these fuel poor households from all these uh, rises?
2: I think if we look at the numbers, so National Energy Action estimate that although 4 million households are in fuel poverty now, that this could reach 6 million households in April after the next price rise. So that's a 50% rise since September. That's that's huge numbers of of, of additional households experiencing fuel poverty. And if you dive into what that means in some of the different income brackets, and the Joseph Rowntree Foundation found that some people on low incomes will be spending 18% of their housing cost uh, income on energy bills um, after April and actually for, for some households that rises to up to 54% so I mean th- these are really extreme impacts on people, And we think that, that some of the. What that might mean in practical terms is that people are faced with choices between sort of heating their homes to a safe standard or, or, or putting food on a table. that's just really a very difficult situation and something that we, we, we really need the government to address.
1: From what you said earlier, uh, I can understand that uh, probably energy efficiency could hold uh, the key uh, to this uh, situation long term. Uh, but what other measures? I'm wondering what other measures can the government take in order, uh, you know, uh, to solve uh, the situation, to give support to all these fuel poor households in the short term. Yeah, and one of the difficulties
2: with energy efficiency is, you know, we can't make any everybody's home even if we wanted to we couldn't make anyone's home energy efficient to the standard we want to by april it's a, there's a lot of homes to be retrofitted and so it will take time to do that but what we can do is we can tackle the impact of these additional costs that are going to arrive on people's doormats when the bills come um, in april so the government needs to take action to try and mitigate these costs it could take vat off fuel bills it can move um, some of the legacy levy costs for renewable energy off electricity bills and put them into general taxation. It can expand the warm homes discount, uh, which a lot of people already receive the warm homes discount, but it could make it available to more people and it could, it could increase the amount of funding that's available. So through the, through a combination of those measures, a large chunk of uh, April's price rise could be mitigated. That's really important in the short term. In the long term, it's really important to make our homes more energy efficient, but also we need to break the link to
1: fossil fuel prices on global markets. For Peter Smith, Director of Policy at National Energy Action, fuel poverty is surging so fast that food banks are unable to keep up with demand. Well,
3: sadly, we know that public concern about soaring energy prices is already having a massive impact, particularly for the poorest households uh, right across the UK. Um, Whilst we're still waiting to find out the level of the GB wide price cap that's going to take effect from April, we know that households in Northern Ireland have already been hit hard by successive uh, increases in energy prices. And even the uh, energy price rises last year uh, to the GB wide cap were record breaking. That puts huge strain uh, on the poorest members of uh, society um, who could barely afford to keep their homes adequately warm prior to this crisis. We think that the prices are going to increase any way uh, close to the estimates that are being banded around. We know that that's going to force many households to uh, either get into further debt, sadly, or uh, even turn turn off the heating entirely. This is a very dangerous thing to do and could put further strain uh, on, um, as well as being dangerous for their health, could put further strain on um, on our pressed health services at, at particularly the worst time of year. Well, it is a desperate situation. Sadly, our organisation's in contact daily with households that we're trying to support through this crisis, and we're seeing that not only the physical impacts of being un, un, unable to afford energy, so people with existing health conditions which may being made far worse by living in a cold in cold conditions, but also the huge mental toll that this is all taking. Uh, there's huge anxiety out there. Um, not only about what's to come but well, what the current situation is and uh, I don't think we've ever seen it as bad um, as, our, as our charity and um, I think that in the in the next few months we're going to be tested in, in a way that we haven't been to date. Well sadly it looks like the misery of cold homes is going to be with us for a long time to come. Industry analysts we feel are right to highlight that this isn't a short-term spike And the uh, major um, increases in energy prices will be sustained over the next uh, year to two years for certain. So there isn't a lot of room to be optimistic at the moment, unless the government provides sufficient support to uh, particularly help the most vulnerable people through this situation. It's unprecedented the scale of the increases that people are going to be hit by. And uh, we hope the UK government is, um, reflects on the urgency of providing that support as soon as possible.
1: Mike Foster, CEO of Energy and Utilities Alliance, told us people are in such dire circumstances that they choose to keep their heating off because they can't afford it. However, that is not something that he would ever advocate.
0: It's a very difficult situation for millions of people uh, across the UK, as you quite rightly pointed out. Before the rapid escalation of energy prices, about three and a half million households were in fuel poverty across the UK. The best estimate I've seen from April, assuming that the price cap goes up to the level that is expected, which is around £2,000 for the average uh, user... We think that figure will be closer to five million households in the UK. Now, bear in mind, we're the fifth, sixth richest country in the world to have that number of, of households, that's not people, that's households, living in fuel poverty. You know, it really is a sad indictment of the situation we've got ourselves into.
1: What do you hear from people that are not able to afford their bills? At
0: the most extreme end, people are turning off their heating. And, you know, that's not something that we would ever advocate because having a warm home is good for physical and mental well-being. You know, we do not want people to suffer as a result of having a a cold home. So we, you know, we argue as best we can to say to people, don't do this. That's not the way in which you can go forward. But some of them are in such dire circumstances that that's what they do. Others are then rationing the heat so they might be putting their heating on for fewer hours in the day and because of of covid and where people have been working from home more recently that's been very that's, that's very difficult to do because we we reckon about a third of the workforce uh, across the uk has been working more at home as a result of covid measures and, and and government advice and so these are the people who have had to look at their own heating bills and are sort of rationing how much heating they they use so that's the second stage to it and then the third aspect to it is faced with high bills people are recognizing that they need to keep a degree of comfort to be warm in their homes uh, so they're just stopping expenditure on other issues on other items so they're you know they're not spending uh, elsewhere and that's not great for the economy either if people are, are you know having to constrain what they would normally spend on you know, the local coffee house or something like that, if they're not having that, they're saying, no, we'll put that towards our, our heating bill, then you know, other people will suffer the economic impact of, uh, of these high energy prices and not just householders with their, with their particular bills.
1: Obviously, there are countless stories of people who don't know exactly what help, what kind of help is available from the government. What would you advise these people?
0: Uh, it depends upon the circumstances that they find, that people are finding themselves in. Uh, certainly, if people are struggling to pay their bills, we would advise that they contact their energy supplier. Uh, energy suppliers, by and large, are set up for this and, you know, can try and accommodate uh, some support, you know, maybe spreading the cost out of of energy bills, something like that to help. But ultimately, the shock that's going to come to people in April is, is a, such a scale that it, it will require government to mitigate it. It would not be acceptable, uh, and I don't think anybody envisages a, an increase in the price cap to around £2,000 without governments and, and the regulators stepping in to give some comfort, some support back to consumers. How much that is, we don't know yet. We're having to wait. And what form of that support is, again, we don't know yet. There are lots of options out there for short-term mitigation. Things like, uh, well, scrapping VAT on energy will be one way of doing it. Increasing the warm home discount, that will be another way of doing it. Uh, Looking at the winter fuel payment for pensioners and increasing that, that's another way of doing it. Removing levies off energy bills and putting it onto general taxation, That helps with the bills and no longer penalising customers for when energy suppliers fail. Stop putting the bill of failure back onto customers, but treat it some other way. Again, that can help. So there are about five different ways in which government and regulator can get together to reduce the impact. Uh, and, And as I say, we'll see what they come up with. But it needs to be in the order of magnitude of hundreds of pounds of support because that's what
1: the increase is likely to be come April. Ruth London, founder member of Fuel Poverty Action, said even before the energy crisis hit the UK, almost 100,000 people were dying every year because of fuel poverty. She tells terrible stories of the measures people are going through in their desperation, even the case of someone eating toothpaste because they couldn't afford their bills.
4: Even before these price rises, about 10,000 people a year were dying in this rich country because they couldn't afford to eat their homes. And now, of course, it's much worse, much more widespread and much starker with people going hungry, people eating toothpaste because they're too hungry. You know, people's energy clicking off the, the lights, the heat, everything, the freezer, food spoiling because people can't afford it anymore. And it is absolutely unsustainable Now, the government has been trying to present it as if it were some sort of natural disaster. And of course, it's not. You know, it's the result of deliberate state policies, because for decades, they've been insisting on continuing to rely on fossil fuels. They've been subsidizing uh, the North Sea development, believe it or not. Uh, Worldwide, the subsidies to fossil fuels are enormous. In the UK, it is about 10 billion a year. And uh, at the same time, there's absolutely pitiful money going into insulating people's homes, which would be the first step, you know, to ensure that we're warm or developing renewables. Like, you know, they've practically banned onshore wind, which is the cheapest uh, energy available. And at the same time, of course, all of the money has been sucked upwards you know that poverty has increased; it's much starker now. And at, at the other end of the scale, a lot of people have got very, very rich. You know, billionaires over the pandemic uh, increased their wealth by you know tens of billions of pounds. Uh, so uh, the inequality is also a, a root cause of what's happening now in terms of fuel poverty. We have heard
1: stories about uh, some proposals and some measures like uh, 500 payments uh, for uh, the neediest uh, households. What do you think about these proposals and solutions?
4: Well, I think that a flat rate payment like that is better than some of the proposals, because some of the proposals like withdrawing VAT from energy bills would actually help richer people more than they would help poorer people. Um, If you don't, you know, if you only turn your heat on for an hour a day, you're not going to gain very much. Uh, if they withdraw the VAT from it. And we certainly don't want measures withdrawn that are subsidizing insulation like eco. But in terms of solutions that would help immediately, one thing is insulation and just plain draft proofing and repair to people's homes because tenants and residents have been fighting for years to get basic repairs done. You know, if your window frame doesn't fit uh, or the, you know, the, uh, the house is damp, you know, these are conditions that make it very much worse and also increase the bills because of course they talk about an average increase, you know, of several hundred pounds in April. But if you are paying to heat the street because your home is uninsulated or in bad repair, it's going to be that much more. So start paying attention to the demands for good insulation and repair and, you know, even basic draft-proofing measures could make a big difference immediately. So that's, that's something that should happen now. This is the biggest
1: crisis we have seen since the energy market was deregulated. The government and the energy sector face uncomfortable decisions this April. The question is, can those who need it get the help before that?
0: Thank you for listening to this Energy Live News podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.energylivenews.com.